0: in James 5:16 you heard these words the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much with these winter tabernacle meetings uh, coming up if the lord tarries prayer is something that we want to be on our minds I've heard that prayer is the breath of a Christian. When babies are born, they breathe. They may have to have some help, the first breath or two. I can't recall how that works, but babies breathe. It's uh, spontaneous, and it's spontaneous from then on. When is the last time a person has reminded you to take a breath? You just do it. Well, Christians breathe or pray rather spontaneously as well at first. That was our prayer when we asked God to forgive us. And thereafter, we asked God to help us. No one really had to encourage us at first to say a prayer. We were encouraged to continue praying. And after we have served the Lord a while, unlike we, as we breathe, we may have to be reminded to pray and pray earnestly. And that's what James is reminding his readers to do, the effectual Fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. He emphasized prayer. In those uh, verses 13 through 18, he, he asked the question, Is any among you afflicted? Do you have a trial? A test of your faith? And James' response was, Let him pray. The same response that we would offer to others and to ourselves in these days when we have a challenge confront us let him pray, let us pray and so, so we do verse 14, is any sick among you? there we call for prayer we call for the elders of the church the Bible gives the formula let them anoint you with oil in the name of the Lord so let them pray over you and the prayer of faith shall save the sick, and the Lord shall raise them up. And if they've committed any sins, they shall be forgiven them. So there's a power uh, we see in prayer that really is quite extensive. Uh, the atonement provides not only for the saving of our souls, but also for the healing of our bodies. We say, let them pray over him. And it continues in 15, the prayer of faith shall save the sick, the Lord shall raise them up. The prayer of faith, whose prayer? Well, the prayer, or the prayers of the ones praying over you, certainly, but our own prayers, if we are being prayed over, the prayer of faith, God will answer prayer. Then verse 16, confess your faults one to another, and pray for one another that you may be healed. So, for sick or if we are in a, a state of, of need, sometimes we, uh, well, we always need to come humbly and realize that we need to confess our own shortcomings, our own uh, failures, even short of sin, in order that we might obtain the victory. But through it all, we, we pray. And then he says, the effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. He goes on to uh, give us an example with uh, Elijah who prayed in verse uh, 17. And then in verse 18, uh, Elijah prayed again. So God, uh, we know, answers prayer. But what kind of a, a prayer will elicit a response from God? And the answer to that is, is given in the text. The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. So the prayer that elicits a response from God is the prayer of one who is righteous, or we might say who is in a right relationship with God. A sinner's prayer will elicit a response from God as well. When we were sinners, we may have prayed different words, but biblically it's, God be merciful to me a sinner. That that brings a response from God. God answers a prayer and forgives our our sins. But we want to continue in a right relationship with God in order for God to respond to our prayers. I I know I'm saying he responds to our prayers rather than he answers our prayers. It can mean the same thing, but when we declare that God will answer our prayers, sometimes we have an idea what that answer ought to be. And our idea of what that response ought to be may be different than what God's idea is. So either way, we want, we want God to respond to our prayers according to His will. And if we are in a right relationship with God, we have the assurance that He will answer those prayers according to His will. Those prayers will avail much. I like the ambiguity with that. The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man will bring the answer we want. No. It will avail much. We don't really want more or less than that, do we? We want to capture the attention of God and have God answer according to His will. If we're in the right relationship with Him, our prayers will avail much. Elijah wasn't superhuman. We see the best of Elijah, that mountaintop experience where God answered by fire on Mount Carmel and he ran before the chariot of Ahab down the mountain. That would characterize or illustrate a mountaintop experience but before long we see him down in the valley under a juniper tree wishing to die so we see a mixture of emotions, highs and lows and that might characterize we hope to a lesser degree the Christian experience where when we are feeling good, God is good we're on the mountaintop when we're not feeling so well well, God is still good, but we just don't feel so well about ourselves. But God hasn't changed a bit. So it, it gives us hope that Elijah was a man subject like passions as we are. He was a very ordinary man. Uh, his humanity was manifested in a variety of ways uh, at different times. But God used, James uses him as as an illustration of the fact that the affection prayer of a righteous man avails much. God heard his prayer. Elijah prayed and God answered. God had said he would send rain. So we might stand back and say, well, why bother to pray? God is going to send the rain. Well, we bother to pray because we want to be in tune with God when He answers according to His will. And make no mistake, we can influence the hand of God. We can influence how we respond to the hand of God when that hand moves. So we we must pray, same as we must breathe. If we're going to have spiritual life, uh, we pray. How does one sustain that mountaintop experience. We don't. So don't be discouraged if you're not feeling like you're on the mountain. And salvation, the beauty of it, is that it sustains us when we're in the valley. So we breathe physically and we pray uh, spiritually, we look look to God, and the fact that we're uh, men and women with like passions as Elijah, ordinary people, that actually enhances our prayer life rather than limits it. We prove God; we prove Him in that as we await His response, He sustains us. James spoke, uh, speaks of the farmer. We are patient while we wait on God. Just like the farmer is patient, he plants the seed. I grew up around farm life, so I know what it is for the farmer to go out into the field and look for those first uh, sprouts of of life that come from the, the soil. He waits. But eventually they come. And then as that plant grows... It's examined. Perhaps you've done that with your garden to, if you have a garden, to see when the the blossom will uh, start to form into the beginning of a fruit. Well, it takes patience. You don't plant the seed in May and look for a ripe tomato Memorial Day. It, It demands patience longer than that, to be sure. So it is with prayer. We pray. And if we are on praying ground in a right relationship with God, then we can expect God to respond in his time. But it takes more than a right relationship. We we see the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man. So the effective prayer, the effectual prayer. In James 4, we have a little insight into what that effective prayer looks like. It is to humble ourselves in the sight of God. Submit ourselves. Uh, resist the devil. He'll flee from you. Draw nigh to God. He'll draw nigh to you. That's an effective prayer to follow those steps that James offers. God will respond to that prayer in his, in his good time. Effective prayers come, James says, from a, from clean hands and a pure heart. There's things we can do to keep our life in order so that our prayers are are effective. Effective prayers are those where we, we get alone with God. Jesus said enter into your closet, which is in secret, and God r- r- will reward you openly. I've heard some uh, testify, one comes to my mind years ago, where they were moving from one place to another, and uh, the, the wife, in this case, found herself in the closet organizing some things, and this scripture came to her mind, so she dropped to her knees in her closet and prayed. Well, God did reward her openly in a sense. She testified about it. But uh, more than that, we can enter into that secret place even when we're in a public place. God's house is a house of prayer. So we can have numbers praying in the house of prayer alone with God. God hears that prayer. Uh, Jesus said, use not vain repetition as the heathen do. I recall again Brother Forrest Dameron uh, pointing out that he did not say use not repetition. Use effective repetition. Even Jesus taught that with the parable of the unjust judge and the other one of a friend at midnight where repetition worked. So don't be afraid to ask or to petition God more than once. If he doesn't say yes and does not say no and does not say wait a bit, well, pray again. Elijah did. And that that can be effective. But not only the effectual prayer or the effective prayer, but the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. So we're in a right relationship with God and we pray what we believe to be an effective prayer, but we want to be one who prays fervently. That, that may have, well, we, well, we, we learn again from Elijah's time what it is to pray futilely the worshippers of Baal did that. They built their altar and stood upon it and hollered and cried all day long uh, with, with a loud voice. And their God was nowhere to be seen or heard from. Even when they uh, cut themselves and went through all kinds of spiritual gymnastics, uh, number one, they weren't in a right relationship with God. Uh, number two, their prayers were not effective. They were quite ineffective. They were futile. But I'll say their prayers were fervent. But you need all three to bring an answer from, from God. And we have Elijah as the example of an effective and a fervent prayer. You know, a fervent prayer doesn't have to be loud. If I were to approach you, for example, or you me, with a petition or request... How would well, how would you feel if I walked up to you and started hollering in your face? I learned early on too, or was taught early on too, that God is a very intelligent God. And we can approach Him intelligently as much as we have intellect. So God is not impressed with the, our decibels He's impressed with, with an effectual fervent prayer. And the fervor may have to do with the condition of the heart more than the act of praying. Well, there's times when the power falls and we we feel like shouting, but Hannah of old didn't pray that way. She prayed and her lips moved, but there was no sound coming from her. But that was an effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous woman. It elicited a response from God. God answered her prayer. So be careful when you approach God that you approach Him reverently and not in a manner that is drawing attention to yourself or distracting. God will hear your prayer. And we do encourage... People as much as they can to pray aloud. But there's a difference between praying aloud and praying loud. If we pray aloud, we can keep our own attention better. But if we pray loud, we may get everyone else's attention, but lack the attention of God. So we we want to pray. this the house of prayer. And God will hear the effectual, fervent uh, prayer of one who is in the right relationship with him. Well, these meetings that are coming up are certainly on my mind. It's a time where we have opportunity to, well, to spend time in prayer, to tarry. We don't have the advantage of those who come from out of town where they're not working or they clear their schedules so that their, their only focus is on, on the services and on the prayer meetings. But even so, we, we can set apart in our own heart, in our own mind, uh, ourselves and have a determination to uh, take advantage of the meetings and ask God to search our hearts to see if there be any hindrance uh, within us that will uh, cause that response from God to be wanting. So we search our hearts. We make, we make consecrations or we renew them, re- renew commitments. God will uh, be honored as as we do that. The, the word of the Lord. In fact, James says we, we want to receive with meekness the engrafted word of God. The word of God will go forth from preachers we don't hear all the time. Sometimes that, that can be helpful as well. But let's... Uh, receive with meekness that engrafted Word of God and see if uh, there's something that we can capture from it that maybe uh, we've been missing along the way. God will will help us to do that, to dust off those commitments. We were very serious and have been very serious. The Lord has a way of bringing those uh, consecrations, those uh, commitments to to our our mind again let's determine in our heart that we want uh, we will be among those who help the old gospel uh, go forward and uh, we will benefit by it it's a time to consider the demands of discipleship and there are demands that that's goes hand-in-hand, perhaps, with consecrations. When we initially consecrated upon being saved, we consecrated to do anything, go anywhere, endure any problem, confront any challenge. Well, that's part of being a disciple, self-denial. That's the value of some of these prayer meetings, is if we're circling the same mountain over and over again, uh, perhaps it's simply a matter of dying to self. Uh, that we might be liberated. Paul said, I die daily. It's not about carnality, it's about humanity. It's about uh, putting ourselves uh, under ourselves and letting the Lord have his way in ourselves. Those are the demands of discipleship, and they, uh, these things come about through trials, through tests of our uh, faith. Sometimes we say God allows Trials, Uh, some have said God sends trials. Either way, they come. And we want to uh, use them as stepping stones rather than stumbling blocks. God teaches us through the things that he sends our way. In these meetings, we, we ask... James says, you have not because you ask not. Or because you ask amiss. Well, we want to ask appropriately as we come to the Lord. It's a time to count our blessings. One verse you heard in the scripture reading was, is, well, we we said, is any among you afflicted? Let him pray. Is any merry? Let him sing psalms. So when we come to the house of the Lord, we sing songs. Sometimes they are in the form of a psalm or inspired by a psalm. But we sing songs. We give thanks. We count our blessings. And there are many. So when we go through these meetings, if Jesus tarries that long, capitalize, use them as an opportunity to give thanks unto the Lord in that place where you get alone with him. Yes, God responds to our prayers. The effectual, fervent prayer of one who is righteous does avail much. It brings down the the power of God and it's to God's glory. Certainly we benefit by it, but we're not uh, in this to bring glory to ourselves or altogether benefit ourselves. We're in this walk with the Lord to give Him glory. So whatever action or deed is done is motivated by the desire to to the glory of God. Well, God will respond uh, to your prayers. He He hears and He answers prayer. He James makes reference to the to the praying prophets. We we look back in the Old Testament the the prophets and uh, the major and minor prophets and other prophets who uh, don't have a book after their name throughout uh, the history of uh, Israel and and Judah, at times they they didn't know what what God was doing in terms of they prayed, but they didn't see the the answer, consider Job, he said. Job was a praying man, and he prayed a lot. Tests and trials came, and Job um, presented his arguments, not just to his friends, but his arguments to God. He did a lot of praying and a lot of... uh, arguing in a, in a positive sense. You can present your argument to God. But it wasn't until he stopped talking that God spoke. And God didn't necessarily address the, the arguments, but he responded to Job's prayers and was glorified in the end. We want to see God glorified. As a body of believers, we want to see the Spirit of God uh, move, and He does so. We want to be beneficiaries of that movement, to be sure. So let's be among those who, it can be said of us, the effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. And I'm not suggesting we wait until the Winter Tabernacle meetings begin. We thank God for the privilege we have to... Drop to our knees at the conclusion of every service, and beforehand too, but between now and then and throughout those services, set your heart to pray. Set your heart to bring your petitions to God, to uh, give Him glory, to give Him thanks, to... Give him the, the commitments and the consecrations that uh, perhaps uh, are being renewed. If you do, God will hear your prayers and all of our prayers. He'll answer and we'll see wonderful things in the days ahead as long as Jesus tarries.